there is a story that I tell. Uh, it's a long story. I'll try to tell the short version this morning. And it's, it's kind of become a family story because there is this definitive moment, at least in my mind, of the day that I crossed the line from being a child to being an adult. Uh, Amy's sitting over there. She's a little bit worried right now. She goes, what, what family story are you about to tell? Um, I was a senior in high school. Uh, it was February. I had just turned 18 or right around then. Uh, I was leaving early for school. My mother was out of town. My grandmother was ill at the time, and she was gone. My, I have an older brother and sister. They're both gone to college. It's just me, and my dad's getting ready for work in his bathroom. And I'm leaving early. In fact, I, I had a suit on that day, strangely enough, because there was this picture that we were supposed to take for um, the yearbook for an honor I'd received. And so it was kind of a big day, and I was leaving early for school. It was also game day. We had a playoff game that night. Uh, we were going to defeat uh, our crosstown rivals, the Red Raider, uh, Ryder Raiders, whatever you're. That was Amy's school. I'm sorry. I'm digging a hole this morning already. Yeah, no, no, we, we won that not particular night. So um, I yell, I called my daddy, daddy. Amen? Hey, daddy, I'm leaving for school. This is probably before 7 o'clock. My dad just yells out, Daryl. It's like, what? I need you. And I'll tell you the the story is my, my father had a kidney stone or kidney stones. And I am just clueless. Going to school to have my picture made game day. My dad screams out, I need you. Um, don't want to get into all the gory details. My father was in the bathroom, was not even dressed. Um, which is awkward for me even to talk about today. Anyhow, it's like, Daryl, you've got to take me to the hospital. And I, and I don't know what's going on. But uh, I have enough uh, thought in my man mind to put a robe on my dad, okay? Always good. I grabbed his wallet. I loaded him up in my 69 Pontiac Le Mans, which my father did not normally ride in, but it was what was in the driveway. And my dad is in such excruciating pain that he is incapacitated to make any decisions. And this was the episode that really thrust me into adulthood from a father that always was large and in charge and took care of business, living under his roof, to the day that I had to step up and be an adult because my father couldn't. My mother wasn't there. Uh, man, I'm thinking, Daryl, Daryl, you know this. Where is the hospital? Hospital, 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 hospital. Where do you take a man who's in excruciating pain? Where, okay, General Hospital. I was born there. I've been there. Um, emergency room. There's signs. There's signs, Daryl. You got this. You got this. Pull in. Drop my dad off. And the nurse is saying, sir, you're going to have to go upstairs and register your dad. You know, and I'm like, okay, no, I can do this. I can do this. I've got, I brought his wallet. You know, I don't know about insurance. I had to think about my father's birthday. I don't know information, but it's in his wallet. And I'm upstairs. And uh, they're, they're taking care of my dad. I don't, I don't know it's kidney stones. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a heart attack. I don't know if my father's dying. I don't know what it is. But he is, he is in a way he's never been before. And uh, kind of the funny part of the story, there is a little bit of humor in the story, is I remember 
going upstairs, registering my dad and coming back downstairs. And I'd taken him into the ER and it must have been about shift change because when I got back there, I walked in the room where my dad had been and he's gone. And I walked out and uh, the nurses had changed shifts. And nobody seems to know anything. And really, in my 18-year-old mind, I'm sta- I remember standing in there, turning around, and my thought in my 18-year-old mind is I'm transitioning from a child to an adult. It's like, mother's going to kill me. Because <laughs> I, I brought daddy to the hospital, and I've lost him. Uh, but they had, they'd really they'd rushed him on. Uh, they figured out what he had going on, and they were rushing him into surgery, and uh, man, you know, the doctor, it was just a crazy day. But it was really a day that kind of thrust me into adulthood because, I mean, I was the only one there. I was the baby of the family. But it's like they're asking me to sign release forms and the doctor's coming out of surgery and talking to me. And I just think I'm just a kid. I know I'm dressed. And I was dressed in a suit was kind of the irony of the whole day. It's like, but it's, obviously they're looking at me and going, you're just a kid dressed in a suit. You're not really an adult, but, you know, that's a story we tell. I tell. Uh, there's more of the story, but you don't need to hear it. But really, for me, it was the day uh, that life kind of thrust me uh, to be an adult, to grow up, thrust me into maturity. One of the essentials of life in our spiritual journey is living in maturity, growing up. Um, when Paul writes his final words in 2 Timothy, he writes words that are extremely significant to Timothy. And um, part of what's going on in 2 Timothy, if we have seen this fall, is that the baton is being passed down from Paul who's about to be executed to Timothy to say you're in charge and Paul was a larger than life in charge man but he was about to pass from the scene and he begins to talk to Timothy about son it's time now that I'm leaving for you to step up. It's your time now. And uh, I think it was a, it was a time that uh, Timothy realized the seriousness and that he had to step into adulthood. Um, it's true for all of us. Not just in our physical lives, but in our spiritual lives lives. There has to come a point where we pass a line from somebody else being responsible, somebody else providing for us, somebody else being in charge to say, no, I have to be responsible. And here's the thing, when you pass into adulthood, it's not just that you're responsible for yourself. You are responsible for other people. That's what makes you an adult, quite honestly. And that was the day that uh, Timothy was called to. Um, Our verses 
this morning in 2 Timothy or in 2 Timothy 2, verses 20 through 26. 2 Timothy 2, 20 through 26. And I want to talk about living in maturity, growing up. Um, I believe that Paul has a bridge to that point in verses 20 and 21. So either whether you look in your Bible or you'll look on the screen. Let's start in verse 20. And Paul uses verses 20 and 21 to be a bridge from what he has been talking about. And he's been talking about several things and several people uh, that are dynamics within the church uh, that Timothy is overseeing. Into this conversation about Timothy, it's time for you to step up and to live in maturity. So this is, these are transitional verses, a bridge from what he's been talking about to what he's going to talk about. But in verse 20, he says, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Verse 21, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Verse 20, Paul talks about different kinds of vessels in a great house. It is an illustration that Paul is using to refer to the church. And the point that Paul is making is there's a lot of different kinds of people within the church. So he says in verse 20, but in a great house, uh, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Uh, it's true in my house. It's true in your house. We have these crystal goblets that are up in a cabinet. We really only drink sweet tea out of them at Thanksgiving and Christmas. They're the crystal goblets. I don't even know. There's probably a fancier term. I don't, even, I don't even know. I just know we don't get them out every day, okay? They're crystal. They're fragile. Uh, but also, if you look down in our cabinets, we also have Cool Whip tubs. <laughs> so I'm thinking this is the gamut. We have the crystal goblets that we use about twice a year, but we also, if we just get out everyday life, we have the Cool Whip tubs. Now, you can put stuff in both of those. And as a man, I'm just saying, you've got to know the difference, guys. Okay? If you're pouring the bacon grease off into something, you've got to know it can't be the crystal goblet. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, so the, the Cool Whip tubs are <laughs> the little things that you put leftover chicken and dumplings in and the baked beans that are left over, stuff like that, good stuff. It's going to go in the refrigerator. You don't always remember what's in the Cool Whip tub, but it's in the refrigerator. Sometimes it's a surprise when you heat it up and you go, oh, apparently I'm having baked beans for lunch. I didn't even know that's what was in there. Uh, different kind of containers, and I think this is sort of, I know I'm being a little bit silly. That's the difference. Paul says in a great house there are vessels, gold, silver, wood, and clay. Some of them are used for honor and some are used for dishonor. But the point he's making in verse 21, he says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, 
from the latter, the dishonor, he will be a vessel for honor. Here's the thing about those vessels. There's one thing, whether they're gold, silver, clay, or wood, you want them to be clean. You can have a crystal goblet that's all dirty, and you don't really want to drink sweet tea out of it. You would rather drink it out of the Cool Whip tub down in the cabinet because it is clean. Do you understand? There's all kinds of different people. But he said, the significance is whether the vessel is clean. And actually the word there means to be cleaned out. It's cleaned out. If anyone cleans out himself from the latter, from the dishonor, he will be a vessel for honor. All kinds of people in the church. But the significance is we all need to be cleaned out, cleansed out. And he's going to come back to this word later. Um, why? Really, the bottom line is so God can use us. It doesn't matter whether you gold, silver, clay, or wood. Be clean. And God will use you whether you're the cool whip tub or you're the crystal goblet. God has a purpose for your life. He says sanctified. That word sanctified comes from the word holy. So it means to be set apart for God. When God called us, he set us apart for his purpose. Whoever we are. He uses the word useful for the master. However the master wants to use our vessel. That's his choice. That's his, that's his choice. What, is our, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be clean. Whatever our, we are made of, we need to be clean. And the final word he used there is prepared. Or the word is ready. Ready for every good work. God, how do you want to use my life? And so this is the bridge that Paul uses to go from where he has been to where he wants to go. And I believe when we come to verse 22... And I, every week I search for this word. What is it that captures the essence of what Paul is teaching here? And the essence of what Paul is teaching when he comes to verse 22 is about maturity. Timothy, you've got to understand there's all kinds of people in the church. We all just need to be cleaned out and we need to be ready for God to use. And it really comes to Timothy. What is it that God wants to use your life for? And so he comes to this statement, and, and verse 22 is going to kind of be our central verse uh, that we're going to kind of camp out just for about 10 minutes on, and then we're going to read the rest of those other verses. Uh, but notice what he says. He says, flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Um, there's two words there, flee and pursue. One means to run away from, one means to run to. Think about it. Paul says that people of maturity run away from the things that dishonor God and they run to the things that honor God. If you ask me today, how do I 
turn from immaturity, which is where we all start in Christ. We all start in, mat in maturity. How do I turn from immaturity to maturity? Uh, and quite honestly, you know, I, I tell a little bit of a funny story about me at 18 years of age. In the spiritual life, it seldom happens in one day. We have to make a choice. Uh, and I think it's captured in verse 22. There's some things we flee from. There's some things that we chase after. It's kind of interesting, actually, those two words. The word for flee is the word that would be used of a soldier that is running for his life in retreat. You get it? Fleeing from the enemy. <laughs> it's like, dude, this is turning bad. Some of y'all see me running on the highway, and they said, I didn't see anybody chasing you. Why would you be running like that? I would only, y'all joke with me, you know. It's like, I would only run like that if somebody was chasing me with a knife. Yeah, whatever. Okay, but flee, the sense here is fleeing for your life. But notice what he says, and this is where I got this idea of maturity because he says what we're fleeing from is youthful lust. Those things from our immaturity, youthful, uh, that were desires that Satan exploited. In our immaturity, there are desires that Satan exploits and keeps our vessel dirty, unfit for the master to use. Uh, youthful lust. The word lust there is a word that means passion, desires. Um, it speaks about our sinful flesh when we, are, when we start our journey with Christ, we are immature. And more times than not, we are led by um, immature passions, desires, uh, living life for ourselves, our sinful flesh. It is a process of sanctification for Jesus to conform us to his image, but we start in immaturity, and I believe he captures that sense in the word youthful lust. But there's, there's kind of a negative and a positive or multi-generational thing or directional thing here. You flee from those youthful desires. You can't live in that because if you live in that, your vessel is always dirty and you're not sanctified, uh, you're not prepared you're not useful for the master. But the second is pursue. Interestingly enough, this word pursue is the, is the word for persecute. It means to pursue. This is the guy who's chasing you with the knife. This is not. <laughs> there's, if there's people running, there's, there's two people. There's somebody with the knife and there's somebody running away from them, okay? Uh, flee from the guy with the knife. And, but the, but I, I love this concept because it's not just to pursue, but there's a certain passion, uh, zealousness that you, if that's a word, I don't know. I, maybe I just made that up. Zeal, that it's not just that I'm running after something. It is that I'm chasing after something with passion, vigorously. Uh, 
And, and here's, here's where I want to settle in for the next few moments. What is it that he says we are to chase after? What do adults in the spiritual realm chase after? Righteousness, faith, love, and peace. What struck me are these are such common words. I mean, if, if we did a search of these in the scriptures, it'd be like, Whoa! so many references to righteousness, faith, love, and peace. I'm telling you today, spiritually mature people chase after righteousness, faith, love, and peace. And here's, here's my issue, though. Those are such common words that we gloss over them when we read the Scripture, but I believe that they are intentional. You know the reason there are so many times that the New Testament particularly uses these words? It's because they, why are they so common? Because they are at the core of what it means to be a mature follower of Christ, to live in righteousness, faith, love, and peace. In fact, there's actually a contrast between the immature and the mature. Can I just take just a few minutes and talk about these four words? We are first to pursue righteousness. And righteousness means to be lined up with the standards of God that a mature follower of believer pursues for their life to line up to the godly standards that are not only in God's character but are revealed in his word. It's, it's in the Beatitudes charity when it says, um, but blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. It's the same idea. What do, what do the immature pursue? Not the righteousness of God, but their own standards. It's like, well, this is kind of what I want to do. But the adults, the mature, pursue after the right alignment with God's standards. Pursue righteousness pursue faith. Faith is that trust in the things in this world that come from God that are unseen. The immature live by the things that they can see. And if you're, if you're a mature Christian, know the greatest things that motivate me and steer me and guide me in my life and that I live by the core of my life are the things that I cannot see. I believe in an invisible God that the world says does not even exist, but I believe he is a greater reality than anything that my human eyes see. And first John would talk about, John would talk about the lust of the eyes and the things that we see in the world. The mature pursue faith. The, ma the mature also pursue love. Uh, <laughs> love means that I'm concerned about the other people than I, more than I'm concerned about myself. 
it's, it's a pretty significant dividing line between childish, immature, and mature is I'm not just concerned about myself. But love means I am motivated by this desire to see the best for you, for other people around us. That is an adult perspective in the Christian life. Um, the immature live to say what's in it for me. What about me? What about my ego? What about my needs? What about me? The adult says it's not about me, it's about you. The mature pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace. Peace is an inner serenity that comes from living out of righteousness, faith, and love. Uh, a lack of inward turmoil. The, uh, the immature are driven by this inward turmoil because of all of these things going on in their life. But the mature have come to the place because of their righteousness, faith, and love. They say it's all good. God's got this. God's in control. It's going to be all right. Regardless of what I see around me. There, you see, there, there's a... There's a Steadying calmness or confidence that comes in maturity in Christ. These are the core attributes of spiritual adulthood. Um, and really, I just want to read these last four verses. That, that's really what I wanted to talk about today in living in maturity. But I want you to see what Paul then describes, and I'm just going to read these, about that life. You live a life of maturity. What does that look like and the effect it has on other people and what they see in you? And it kind of fleshes out what I've just talked about. So he says in verse 23, But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. Why? Because you're a person of peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. Verse 24, And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, instruct others in the way of truth. Patient. That word patient there is, is a word that just doesn't mean patient, patient, but it means patience with bad. It's bad stuff. I have a patience, even with bad stuff around me. Verse 25, in humility, that's a pretty significant qualification for what he's about to say. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil having been taken captive by him to do his will. Actually, verse 26 describes the immature who have allowed Satan to do a number in their life, have ensnared them, and have been taken by Satan to do his will. 
that's the challenge that Paul offers to Timothy as a way of saying it, it's, it's, it's time to grow up because the church needs you. Those around you need you. Uh, and so I, I want you, I don't want to just close this morning. In fact, I'm going to ask you to stand. Uh, if you'll stand. I want you, and just as we dismiss, and I'm about to pray, to say, where am I in the maturing process in my spiritual journey? Where am I? Or am I still living in maturity? And what is it that I need to pursue so that I can cross that line that is so needed? Because the Christian life isn't just about knowing Jesus, having our ticket punched, whatever, all of that. No, it's about stepping up and growing up. Because the kingdom of God needs that. The church needs that. That we step up, we grow up, that we live in maturity. Amen? Amen. Uh, I'm going to close in prayer. Uh, we're glad that you've joined us today. Uh, at the end of the service, I'm going to be at the front. This is the way we've closed for several months now. And uh, if you have decisions to make, uh, I'll be at the front. We'll have all kinds of time to visit with you about whatever you need. If you need to reach out to a staff member, you can do that. Um, also this morning, before I pray, just a few things that I, I want you to know about. Uh, tomorrow is produce day. And so um, if you normally come, that'll be a big day uh, for our food pantry, our food ministry. And so that'll be tomorrow morning. If you uh, want to serve, they can always use hands on deck. Also this week, a uh, number of us are going to be eating at Outback Steakhouse because, and I don't know, Charity and Fran, y'all are going to be in the foyer? I know you're embarrassed by this. Just do what the pastor tells you to do. Uh, these ladies have been approved with Habitat for Humanity uh, for new homes. And there's a fundraiser this week with uh, Outback Steakhouse. Amy and I already have our tickets. Uh, it's this Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. You can buy uh, these tickets. They cost $35 a piece. And you get an entree, which can be a steak or I don't know. What, I'm getting a steak, so I didn't really look on down the list what else there is. You could probably eat some shrimp or some salmon, but my question would be, why? When there's beef. Anyhow, don't be hating. On, but anyhow, it comes with a blooming onion and uh, cheesecake. I don't even know what Amy and I are going to do with that. You know, if you want to come and eat, yeah, we're probably going to cheat. Let's just be honest here. Okay. Uh, we're going to be cheating this week if you want to come and watch. Uh, hey, but these ladies are selling this. This is a fundraiser for Habitat for Humanity. Tickets are $35. It's a win-win. Encourage you to participate in that. Also, our church is uh, seeking uh, resumes for our next generation pastor. You can look on our website. There's a tab. You can click on it. It gives you all the information. Um, if, you will, um, uh, if you know people, in church life outside our circles. Be sure and contact them and let them know this. Also, a week from Saturday, uh, Jeremy, Jeremy, there will be a shower in Jeremy Bowers and his fiance's honor. Um, that's a week from Saturday, 
October 24th, 2 o'clock, Kay, I believe, 2 o'clock. Uh, I think they're registered at Walmart if you want to look at online things they might want. But uh, we want to honor him in this way and his fiance as they get started in life. We'll announce that again next Sunday, but I uh, wanted you to know about that. Um, I'm going to close in prayer. One other thing, we're glad that Ashley Frank is here this morning all the way from Kansas City and Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, one of our own. She doesn't get home a whole lot, but uh, this is Jim and Darlene's granddaughter is the way that you need to know her. Isn't that right? Oh, and Glenn and Dana actually are parents, but anyhow, it's all about the grandkids if we're just being honest. I'm going to pray. I've gone too long. Amen. We've gone too long. Uh, I'll be at the front if you need to receive, uh, need to talk with me about something, the offering um, receptacles. I don't even know what the term is. The offering boxes are in the foyer if you need to give your offering. So let me pray. Father, today we thank you for the life that we receive in Jesus. And Father, I pray uh, from your scripture this morning that you would call us to maturity to pursue those things, Father, that honor you. And we pray it would be for your glory and for your honor. And so we pray that you'd use us this week. And we trust this to you and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.